0: Welcome to Grieving Insomniacs. I am your host, Christy Haberman. I am glad you're here. Thanks for being a part of our community. A few disclaimers before we get started. I am a licensed therapist. However, this podcast is not to be considered mental health therapy or counseling. It is for entertainment purposes only and is not associated with my counseling practice, Christy Haberman Counseling Services. Thanks for showing up. Welcome to episode one of the Grieving Insomniacs. This is your host, Christy Haberman. I have thought of this moment for so long, I'm not even sure where to begin. From the time that my son died in 2011, I knew that it was going to be important to share my story. And you may wonder, why? Why did I have that feeling? I had that feeling because No one would talk about it with me. No one would talk about my son dying. And and as a counselor, as a person, as a human being, as someone who seeks connection with other people, I just knew that it was important that I talk about it. And in order to have others talk about it, you have to be vulnerable and you have to be the one to step up to the plate. And so that's what I have decided to do with this podcast is um, put my story out there to share it with you all so that you know that it's okay to share your own stories we have to be allowed to talk about it we have to be allowed to talk about our grief and so it begins with the story so my story begins with the death of my oldest son christopher in 2011 but that's actually not where the story begins Um, the story begins a year earlier in 2010 christopher is living in louisiana um, going to school to be a nurse He was working and paying his way through school, doing his clinicals. He began posting on Facebook about this rash that had broken out. It was all over his body. And he was posting pictures talking about how he's taking Benadryl three times a day. Um, But he was so busy with school. And also, he's a broke college student. It was before Obamacare, so there was no resources for him to go to the doctor. And so he didn't. By the end of the summer, he was starting to show the dark eyes, um, was complaining of fatigue, um, but he just thought it was school. You know, he was like, I'm in my last semester of school. Let me get through this. You know, I can get a job, I'll get health insurance, and then I can pay for a doctor. It seemed like such a simple thing at the time, right? We're just gonna put it off. It's only a rash. Um, It's not that big a deal. I was thousands of miles away in three three states away. you know i I was hopeful too that it was just a rash. Like I didn't even consider for a moment that it was even anything even more serious. And um I have the mom guilt over that thought. It's like, should I have known that this rash was gonna turn into something that else um, different? Um, I've talked about the mom guilt and We're going to do a whole show just on the mom guilt because it's such a factor when it comes to uh, parents who have lost children. And it's such a part of our grief story is um, the guilt. But back to our story. In January of 2011, Christopher began calling home more. Um, Our relationship was maturing from mother to son to, to grown up to grown up which makes what happened next so much harder. He had turned 24, the maybe four, and his maturity was improving. Uh, you could see it in his behavior. Um, he was going to have a baby. He was so excited to um, be a father, to create the fa- to create a family, um, the relationship with the uh, for lack of a better term, baby mama didn't work out, but he still wanted to be a father and still wanted to be, in, be involved as a father. But he, he started getting sicker and sicker. He'd call home and say he went to the doctor. First time he went to the doctor and the doctor told him, oh, I think you just constipated. You need to take more, you know, eat more fiber. He went to the doctor in March. They said, oh, um, you're just tired. You need to take some more iron. It wasn't until April that he went to the doctor again. And this time the doctor must have been have done a more extensive research because um, they sent him to the cancer care center that afternoon. And that's how he found out that he had cancer. They didn't know what kind. They didn't know what type. But they knew that he was He was struggling with something. Numerous tests later, he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, stage 3B, which is as worse as it gets, on his 25th birthday. He called me that day, and I go into the scene much more detail in my book, but I would gotten the call at work. And after that phone call, he quit talking to me. Um, He wouldn't, he would just text. He wouldn't, he wouldn't respond to calls. And I would just leave him messages on his phone. I wanted to go take care of him. And he told me no. He said, You can't. I'll be all right. (laughs) I want to do it on my own. You know, you can come see me when it's all over. And I believed it. I believed that I would see him when it was all over. But also not talking to him allowed me to be in my own land of denial. You know, I didn't consider the worst case scenario. Like when you hear cancer, you think, yeah, someone will die, maybe, but it'll be months down the road. You know, they'll go through all this chemo. There's a good chance they'll survive. You most certainly don't go through the worst case scenario. At least I didn't. Um, And that day that he told me on the 25th of May, it never occurred to me that death would be the outcome and that the death would come so soon. And I'm sure he was scared too. But that's nothing that he would have shared with me. Because my son was a very, um, he was a very stoic man. He did not, even as a kid, he didn't share his feelings. He didn't talk. Um, He's not a talker like his mom. And maybe it's because I talk too much. I don't know. There goes that mom guilt again, right? Um, Wondering, well, was it something I said or something I did that made him not want to talk to me? I don't know. I'm telling you. This is why this show is called The Grieving Insomniacs, because I have spent many a night awake at night trying to figure out why he didn't talk to me. And as you can hear in my voice, 10 years later, it's still difficult. It's still difficult to talk about, but it's so important. like it is so important, I believe, to um, put our stories out there because we need to be able to tell them. We shouldn't have to hide in the dark and deal with it in the dark by ourselves, and so I want you to know I'm here, so let's go back to our story, Um, and I feel also guilty for respecting him, isn't that a crazy thing, but um, to this day, I still feel guilty because I didn't go right to him, and force him to talk to me, force him to tell me what was going on with him. what he was thinking, what he was feeling. Was he afraid of dying? I didn't get to hear any of that. And that's another one of those things that keeps me awake. That's why this show is called The Grieving Insomniacs, because believe me, in the beginning, I wish I would have had something like this because I just wanted to know if I was normal. And we'll talk about that too. Um, our, Our fears about not being normal when it comes to our grief because there's so little information out there. So mom guilt, such a major part of grief. So I want you to know if you have it, it's normal. We all have it. I've come to accept that it's a normal part of grieving. Anyway, back to Christopher and his cancer. So as I stated before, Christopher got his cancer diagnosis on his 25th birthday. And those are the last words I heard him speak. And it wasn't just me. Christopher never spoke to anyone in our family again um, before his death. By his family, I mean my husband, his brother. um, He talked to my brother. He didn't talk to my aunt. He didn't talk to his grandparents. He didn't talk to anyone. And I don't know if he thought there'd be time afterwards or if he didn't have the words to say, but he just quit talking to us. And so the results were the same. So on June 17th, he went in for his first chemo treatment and he got the red devil. Um, I'm actually watching a YouTuber called Amon and Beck and Beck took the, um, the red devil as a chemotherapy and it was so triggering. I'm not gonna be able to watch it anymore because um, the Red Devil killed Chris. So that day he stayed with some friends and he was feeling really sick. And that evening he decided to go back to his own house and all weekend, which was also Father's Day weekend He um, spent it in bed. I guess there was numerous calls back and forth to the doctor. He had one of his friends come stay with him. But on Sunday, on Father's Day, I messaged him right away in the morning. It was his first Father's Day. Ah, it gets hard, guys. Um, There was no response. Um, It was later that night that I got the call that he had died. And that's as far as we're gonna to go tonight to talk about, because I'm telling you, it's difficult. It's still, it's 10 years later. And as you can hear from my voice, I still, I still get tear up and I still, I still talk about it. But what's amazing to me is the response that I get from people that hear my story. For those of you who have lost a child, you know well what goes next. Because as you start start to say to people, my child died, they get this deer in the head look look in their eyes. Sometimes they turn white, but I almost guarantee you it's the last time you'll ever speak to them. So losing a child is a very lonely, lonely, place and i and there's this misconception out there that people will surround you in your grief and they will be there for you for you in your grief. And that was most certainly true right away. But then people move on to their own lives. And some of them walk away deliberately. They walk away from you emotionally, they walk away from you physically they just walk away. And so that's why I'm going slow in the telling of my story and adding some of these other things towards the end, because to hear the whole story can be overwhelming to many people. And it's sad. It's sad to hear someone's story. So the first time I realized that I had this gift to be able to hear someone's story, is I had someone telling me about an event that had occurred there in in their life. And as they were telling me the story, I was right there with them every, every step of the way. It was almost like I could see the event happening as I was standing right there next to her. And it was just, in, in some ways, it was just such an awesome experience because I realized that I had the ability in that moment to do something that other people were not able to do for her, which was to be there for her in that way. And so that's what I'm hoping to do for you as we go through that podcast is to be there for you in a way that other people cannot be there. because I have experienced the pain, I have gone into the pain and I still live with the pain and I will be there for you in your pain. So most of the time, and I don't know if it's true for the rest of you and I would love it if you would respond back to me and let me know if this is true for you. But most of the time I don't get past, my son died. He can be someone I knew for 10 years ago. I have friends that I told my son died and they never spoke to me again. This is a common experience. I participated in many support groups after my son died and numerous times I would see people posting about the fact that they saw someone that mattered to them. and they just walked away from them. So the next time you see that person in public, and this happened to me so many times, um, it happened to me with my own family, I saw them in public and they turn around and they walk the other way, um, or they reject your calls because you're just too sad. You quit get you don't get invited invited to the holidays anymore. <laughs> well, sometimes I was never invited in the first place, but the ones that I were, were invited to, I don't get invited to anymore. So grief is a really lonely place to be. And you would think more people would have empathy for child loss, but they don't. It's the, it's the craziest thing. Or they start talking about that time they that their dog died. And it's like, oh, you, you, you for real? You're comparing the loss of your dog to the loss of my child? But honestly, I don't know if it's because they want to relate or if it's just safer for them to say that. And I also will say that child loss is one of the least understood of all types of grief. I have seen people show more empathy towards parent loss, towards the loss of a spouse, than they ever have towards the loss of a child. You know, and I'm a mental health therapist. And it was one of the most frustrating things when my son died, because I felt like, that I should have the knowledge and the tools, at least from a book, on how to help myself. And it just wasn't there. And so I go to, I've gone to several different therapists. All of them didn't have the knowledge to help me. So as I said, I wrote my book. In many ways, my book was autobiographical, but it was an attempt to understand, but it was also an attempt to understand is how come counselors don't know better? How come? Especially when it comes to the loss of the child. And the fact of the matter is, is because they're not taught to. The research doesn't exist. Telling you nobody's done research on us. They don't they don't know how the loss of a child affects you mentally physically spiritually in so many ways it's, it hasn't been researched and without research there's no theories and when there's no theories there's no um, treatment and so if you're going to a therapist and you're struggling with trying to get that therapist to understand your pain you need to remember that the only way to get help is from someone that has been there. And I truly believe this, that is part of my desire to start this community is is that we have to help each other heal. It's imperative that we help each other heal because we're the ones experiencing it. No longer do we want people that have never lost a child to come and tell us how to do it. (laughs) Um, A relative of mine told me, I'll protect her confidentiality for now, but there'll be a story about it later. But I had a relative tell me that the reason why I was grieving so hard is because I didn't love God enough. You know, God never entered into it. Because I strongly felt that if God loved me, he wouldn't have taken my child. But she didn't want to have that conversation. She just wanted to tell me what she thought would be better for me. And at that moment, I wasn't strong enough to tell her, you know, you don't get to tell me how to grieve. Today I am. And that's kind of what I'm doing with my podcast. It's trying to educate people that have never lost a child. You know, the way that you're treating people that have lost children is harmful. So for those of you that are listening, that are struggling to understand why the world doesn't understand you, it's because understanding only comes from experience. And it's an experience we would not wish on our worst enemies. I have yet to hear somebody say, in all the times of the different people that I work with, to say, I wish this would have happened to so-and-so. I've never heard that. I've heard people say, I worse this on my worst enemy. So this is why community is so important and so important for grieving mothers to understand other grieving mothers. Our losses are not the same. My loss is not the same as someone else's loss. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is through each of our unique losses, There are elements of things that can help each other. So tell me your stories. Tell me what it was like for you. Tell me what you're experiencing, because I am here to listen. This has been a goal of mine for the last 10 years, and I'd be honored to hear your stories, and I'd be honored to walk through with you. Thanks for listening to our stories and being a part of our community. I am your host, Christy Haberman, saying I'm honored that you decided to join our community. For any comments, questions, and concerns, email me at grievinginsomniacs at gmail.com or grievinginsomniacs on Facebook or Instagram. I also have a book on Amazon.com called The Solitary Journey Through the Loss of a Child. It goes into more detail about my story. Thanks for showing up. And I'll see you next week.